1: And I'm super excited to have a very special guest with me, Phil Newton. Let me tell you all about him. He takes that overwhelmed, underpaid person and helps them move to a stage of being unhustled. He works with clients to free up their time, focus their offer, find their most fabulous clients, and facilitate a world-class experience. In essence, he helps people earn more while working less. As the owner of an investment company... Phil knows what it means to work himself to death, literally, and why it's so important to find a way to work smarter and enjoy life more. Welcome, Phil. Thanks for taking part of your day to share with us. What else do you want to add to that introduction?
2: Well, I think I'd like to meet this person by the sounds of it. (laughs) You said it (laughs) fabulously. Nancy, it's an absolute pleasure to be here. Thank you very much for having me.
1: we appreciate your time. This will be a really fun podcast since we both like helping people get more done, earning more money and less time. So to kick off and get everyone on the same page, what does the word unhustled mean?
2: Well, unhustled, it's the opposite to the hustle and grinds, the traditional, um, I'm reluctant to even say nine to five grinds, but you know, many people buy into this idea of if you work hard, and that usually translates into long hours. That's usually what most people mean by it. Then we'll see some measure of success. However we measure success, you'll get it. But the reality is, is that you and I both know that just working long, hard hours doesn't usually equate to any type of success. It just means that you're working long, hard hours. And lots of people do suggest that you should grind until your eyeballs fall out or hustle uh, you know, until you, know, you see success my experience is the exact opposite. I've been there I, and I've done that. And, you know, I, I had a priest stand over me and say, do you want my last rites?" Because that's what got me there in the end. It was that, you know, working too hard, hustle and grind. And the reality is, is that doing the opposites, when I start, started doing less, mainly for health reasons at first, and then practically I was seeing some fabulous results for my own business interests. And I realized that that was just a lie that we were all told to get us to work and if we work creatively and smart we can still do hustle but i'm not suggesting that we translate hustle as time you know we can be very efficient with our time um, and get that success that we're looking for so it's the opposite to the hustle and the grind that's where unhustled comes from because time freedom for me is the most valuable thing that we can have does that does that kind of make sense? A little bit of a rambling, a roundabout way of explaining it, but it's just the opposite to the conventions that we're all told, which I, I don't believe.
1: I totally agree with you, and I'm sure people caught that you said deathbed and last rites. What I'm sure there's a story around that. What happened?
2: Oh, oh there is a story. <laughs> um, the sub-story version is that again, for the reasons I just mentioned. Like most people, I was you know, working long, hard hours, and I worked myself into the ground. You know, the backstory is I was on and off ill for, you know, the best part of, you know, my early teens, all the way through to my early 20s. And again, just working long, hard hours, I was found myself on an emergency room with very serious pain. It turned out that I was eventually diagnosed with Crohn's disease. And I didn't realize the severity of it until a priest, came in and said, you know, would you like the last rites? And I, you know, the optimistic person that I am, I, I didn't quite believe that it was that serious. And that was really the the, the turning point from me, uh, for me, that, you know, something had to change because working myself into the ground, um, you know, it, it's not a healthy way to live as I experienced firsthand. But at the same time, I also appreciate that not everyone has that extreme life-changing experience. So I suppose a quick tip to and identify those areas in your life where you think that you need might need to change before you get to that severity. Is For me personally, I was always looking for something. Um, I didn't know what it was, but I knew that I wanted to do something revolving around my own business and I would investigate all those avenues. But my mistake was I was trying to do everything all at once and that's where the, the selling your time and you know a little piece of your soul goes away with that as well. So I think if you do have that earning and yearning for something more whatever that is for you don't try and explore every possible avenue i think just go down one avenue at a time so that you don't end up with that so because i wouldn't want anyone to experience that so that that was the mistake that i made looking back on it just trying to very simply just do too much all at the same time
1: that is so true well speaking of doing too much at one time you're a big fan of niching down because you're saying that makes you a lot more money tell us how that works
2: yeah, I think, I mean, we can niche down in a lot of different ways. And the the way that I like to think about it is if you were to write a letter to your ideal clients, and that letter is, it's going to be life-changing because the thing that you do, the thing that you're an expert in, the thing that gets you out in the morning, you want to get that message out to as many people as possible. But you and I both know, Nancy, that when you try to talk to everyone, you end up talking to no one. So trying to figure out who the perfect person that w- that you like working with for a start. But if you were to write their name on a letter for the postman to deliver, most people stop at Bob who lives on planet earth. And they think that that's niching down, you know, that might be a particular product or service or geographical location would be planet earth you know that's their niche or speciality so does that end of the spectrum make sense first Nancy
1: absolutely and that must be why you say when you talk to everyone you sound silly I don't remember what you had in your show notes but it was kind of cool
2: yeah I mean it, it, it's almost like standing you know in a crowded room and shouting at the top of your voice hey does anybody want this blue widget thing I'll be in the corner you know no one's interested But if you can identify the right people to speak to, going back to this letter example, you know, that's what Baba Who Lives on Planet Earth, you're trying to talk to everyone. So by niching down, you're trying to figure out who is the ideal person? Is it in a geographic location? You know, do you have a speciality? You know, can you get absolutely crystal clear on who you want to speak to where you want to speak to them, and also what you're going to do for them because another way of niching down is to stop being a generalist you know and and think about what's the one thing that really gets you motivated to do you know what's the one thing and the one person that you'd like to do it for and by thinking about the way that you niche down and you start to get the the street address it might be for me it might be You know, Bob, who lives on planet Earth, is a 40-year-old man who has got a successful business, who um, is overworked and undercharging. And you start that's what I mean. You get those details, and that starts to form the street address, the city, the town, the zip code. So that if you were to write this letter that could save, you know, our hypothetical Bob person or Bobettes, you know, the postman can go and deliver that message to them. So when you get crystal clear on who you want to help, in as much detail as possible, then it's easy to start, or it's not easy, but it's easier to start a conversation with them and say, Hey Bob, do you have this problem? I said, Well over here I've got a solution. Would you like to would you like to talk about it? Starting those conversations is a lot easier when you know who to have a conversation with. Does is that, does that make sense? That's one part of it in my book.
1: Yeah, you know what's so interesting is I, I get a lot of resistance from people niching down saying, Well, you know, That It feels very confining, even though you and I both know the results are better. Phenomenal. Phenomenal, Yeah, yeah, I had this aha moment when someone said, just because you market to somebody doesn't mean you can't sell to everybody. So there's a a fine line, which a light bulb went off to me. You can market to that particular street address, but it doesn't mean you can't take and sell to everybody who comes to you and says, by the way, do you help these type of people? Does that make sense to you?
2: No, absolutely. Yeah, I I think the... I think where people get mistaken with trying to talk to everyone, is that they have lots of overlapping potential clients because most people, in my experience, have seven or eight different types of people that they could work with, but they lump them all into one, you know, uh, Frankenstein clients, if you like. You know, their ideal client is potentially several different types of personality because it might be that yeah, I can help someone called Bob who's a forty-year-old man, blah blah blah, you know, and go into that detail, but maybe I can also help the twenty-year-old girl who's just starting out on their journey, or maybe the You see where I'm going. You know, most people have several different types of person that they can help. And if they think about all the perfect clients that they've loved working with over the years, they're almost a representation of those different sets and subsets of the people that they would like to work with. So I think if you can separate them and talk to them one at a time, that's where it makes the most sense. So I'm not saying that you don't have to only work with one type of person. You probably end up working with, you know, three, four, five types of people, which is what you're doing now anyway. But what I'm suggesting is you separate them because you will talk to the 40-year-old Bob who's a little bit stressed about his job very differently than you would talk to the 25-year-old Alice, who's also interested in what you do. But the way that you talk and the conversation that you have is going to be slightly different.
1: Absolutely. Hey, you've got a couple of interesting things too about a sales prevention department. What does that mean? And do we need one of those? <laughs>
2: yeah. That's I mean, awesome. The, the way that I came about this is, again, most people you know when you 're trying to talk to everyone or you 've got those several types of people that you could work with they don 't know how to go about separating them so one approach that I accidentally did, and then I realized actually this is a really good method it 's to put a sales prevention department in place and think about it rather than trying to figure out who you who you want to work with is stop working with the people that are less desirable, the people that are a frustration to you that are not quite. Perfect fit, and that was the, 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 the road that I traveled because when I started out, I had a, a large customer base, but not all of them were great. So I set about trying to figure out well, how can I stop working with them? How can I prevent them from getting through the front door? Because I don't want to talk to them again. That sounds really nasty when you say it that way, but I, I, I don't mean it to be. I'm not saying be a jerk about it, you know, find someone else for those people who they're not your ideal clients, but they're someone else's perfect clients. You know, and you can pass them on and refer the business that way, and that's what I mean. You know, just stop them at the front door and say, "Hey, look, you know, it's not going to be a perfect fit for us. You know, I'm not going to be able to do my best work for you for, for this 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 and this reason. However, you know, maybe Nancy is the perfect fit for you. You know, maybe you should go and speak to Nancy because you are her ideal clients. You know, and I think that is a better approach. And that's what I mean by sales prevention departments. It's to prevent the people that you either can't or don't want to do your best work. I mean, for me personally, I like to have a quick conversation with people. You know, when they go through this kind of hoop jumping exercise, the sales prevention departments, where you lay out, some people call it a sales funnel even. So that you're laying out who you want to work with, why you want to work with them, what you can do for them. So that when eventually you do speak to that person, it, it literally on both sides, you're you're trying to determine, do I want to actually go into business with this person, you know, because we're going to be spending time with each other. We're going to be, uh, you know, exchanging services, you know, either money for services or vice versa. And for me personally, high on my priority list is, do I like this person? Because I, I as you, as you know, before the call, I like to have a little bit of a laugh and a joke with people. <laughs> so a big part of it is because I have a high contact with the people I work with, I want to enjoy that time. With them, because there's nothing worse than spending time either physically or virtually in a room with someone and not enjoying the experience. So, for me personally, that is a qualifier. Is if there's a personality clash, I'm not going to work with you. You know, it's nothing. It's nothing personal. It's personality clash. I'm I'm not going to enjoy that, and neither are you. You're going to resent. While I might do some great work with you and for you, I want to make sure that you really get the most out of it. And that for me is what I mean by the sales prevention. You put systems and processes in place to prevent the less likely people that you can do your best work for and only let the people, that, the top tier people that you know that you, would jump, that you would jump out of bed at six o'clock in the morning to do your best work for because it's a joy to work with them and for them. That's who you want to work with. And we get that choice and that sales prevention department um, allows that That process to happen.
1: That's awesome. Well, I'm glad you're talking about sales because that leads into my next question, and then we'll jump to my fun question. You obviously like processes, and you have a nine-step sales process. Can you briefly walk us through? Nine seems like a lot of steps. Well,
2: nine does seem like a lot of steps, but it's not really when you think about from a time point of view. Usually, this this nine-step process is usually when I'm on a phone call with someone when they've got through the sales prevention department and you know, they know who I am. They've heard my voice. They kind of know what I'm all about. And when they're on the phone, it's like what we're doing now. We have a conversation because we want to understand um, if we can do business with someone. So, you know, the first couple of steps are, you know, build a relationship, you know, introduce um, introduce yourself. You you know set the tone. Have maybe I I like to crack a little bit of a joke as you know. <laughs> I like to have a laugh and a joke. And you know this is part of that qualifying process where we're trying to determine you know if I'm going to spend time with this person is it going to is it going to be beneficial or worthwhile to to continue uh, working with them. So the first couple of points are build relationships, say what the call's about, and you know set the tone for it. So it's that is is, uh, three steps. And then the next three steps is, it's literally questions, you know, how, what's the problems? What are the the challenges that you're experiencing? You know, and what you're trying to do is figure out if you genuinely can help that person, because if you can't help them, then you're not gonna be, again, doing your best work, but to be able to figure that out early on with a quick phone call, this is the, the sales, nine step sales process. You're trying to figure out, can you help this person? And the majority of it is just like asking questions. Tell me more, what about this? Tell me about the problems that you're experiencing, what have you tried to fix it? You know, and that's really the process that we use. And it's more of a consultative um, sales process by asking questions that, uh, you know the Socratic method, if you like, to try and figure out what the problem is, what the nub of it is to try and get you know peel back the layers and if you can genuinely offer a solution then the, the third kind of tier of questions is offering solutions you know have you thought about this? Have you tried that? Can we come out of it from a different objective and to come out up with a, um, a plan of action for the problems that they 've mentioned that you could help with lay out what you could do and Very simply say if they need help with it, do you want me to help you with it? You know, and that nine-step process—it's it's a a very uh, conversational approach rather than when he says this or she says that, I've got the perfect rebuttal for it, which is what most people consider sales. You know, they say something and you've just got to handle the objection and make the sale. I think taking a more collaborative approach and having a genuine conversation to see if you can help someone is—it's an easier on both sides that you don't feel the and neither party uh, feels the pressure of trying to make the sale if it if it's right then you'll do business together but you need information first and that's that nine step sales process so i think we've got a, a little download that's any of our any of your listeners can um can get a copy of that if they want to kind of see a visual representation of this but it literally is a structure a framework of how to have a conversation that will guide you through the process of figuring out if you can help that person. And if it makes sense to both of you to do that.
1: I like the visual. I'll put that in the show notes. Where can they find that?
2: Sure. It's, um, i have created a special page for you. You can go to, um, dot unhustled.com forward slash Nancy Gaines, and they'll be able to get that download and i've got a few other secret surprises uh, on there as well but one of those is that framework that i've um i've not really done justice to it but it does sound like a lot but it is very simple framework just to guide you through that process so that's at unhustled.com slash Nancy Gaines.
1: awesome we like we like secret surprises. That'll be really cool. So speaking of, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who knows what that is, but that'll be really cool. I can't wait. And this episode is going to be coming out shortly, so people can get to that pretty quickly awesome, awesome. from our recording. Hey, are you ready for the fun question that everybody gets?
2: Oh, ner- nervous fun question time! I like it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm interested to hear your answer. If you had one more hour in your day, so 25 hours every day, how would you spend that extra hour?
2: how would we spend the extra hour i think i would carry on I, I think i would enjoy reading a book and a coffee i like to do from a time point of view i like the free time i like having that free time the luxury to do what i want at the moment i enjoy getting out having a coffee and reading a good book i'm reading a, a very interesting detective book at the moment <laughs> and so which I'm, one is that To be fair, it's um, it's about a British um, detective series. There's a a TV series, I think it's DCI Banks. I can't quite remember what the book series is called. It's probably also DCI Banks. But yeah, it's about a British detective who solves murders.
1: (laughs) It's funny you said that because I just got back from Hawaii. I was there for nine days and I read five books, which... It's probably more than I've read this entire year. It was just great to wake up and really enjoy reading again. And I read a couple detective books as well. <laughs> so, I've,
2: I've got to normally admit, my, I read. It's my first detective book. I don't normally do that. So I'm quite enjoying the the difference. I've got to, I do actually do a lot of pleasure reading. I find it that you've got to, again, a part of the whole, the whole unhustled philosophy is finding time for yourself. You know, you get to choose whatever you want to do and spend that time with whoever you want to spend it with. I mean, for the last five years, I was able to care for my parents before they passed away because I had that free time and they stopped being my friends, stopped being my parents and became two of my best friends. And that is, you know, what on hustle allows you to do. You get to spend the time doing whatever you want to do. And yeah, I think if I had that extra hour, I think I would be a little bit selfish. I would spend some time on myself, read a book, maybe do a little bit of meditation that that's the things that I enjoy doing right now. Again. So yeah, I, I would look to myself first because I'm very happy with the other areas of my life.
1: That's awesome. So it's let a little me bit ask selfish, you, but why not? <laughs> you know, self-care, is, self-care is important, right? They always say, put your own mo- oxygen mask on first. So Absolutely. if reading think, gets you there, you then, then go for it.
2: I think just generally finding happiness, whatever makes you happy, that would be what you should do in that hour.
1: That's cool. I like that answer. So you gave the website for people to get the secret surprises and the framework. If people want to connect with you outside of that, what's the best way to reach you?
2: Sure, they can get to me on the the same uh, page link, actually, if they'd like to email. I I usually say it's the old-fashioned method. Now, when did email become old-fashioned way? If you'd like to email me, you can get to me at phil at if you'd like to get to me directly. Or if you want to have a look at the website first and um, you know, get, the, get the goodies, as it were, then you certainly can get to me either way.
1: Perfect. That is awesome. And is there anything else you'd like to add that I didn't even think to ask you? We talked a little, about, a little bit about unhustle. We talked about your story niching down the sales process. What else do you want to share with us?
2: I think we've got a, a good round of tips. I think the biggest single thing that anyone can do today is add the filter. Whenever you're doing anything, just ask yourself, will this make me happy? And I, I think if you have something that's not going to make you happy, then you should question why you're doing it in the first place, whether that be in life or business. Because if it's if it, if you don't enjoy doing it, why are you doing it in the first place? So how the filter? Will it make? Will this make me happy? And I've got to admit, my life is much better for having that filter.
1: I like to say, if it's a not a hell yes, then it's a hell no.
2: Yeah, I've got to admit. Yeah, that, that in, in my primary business, that's one of the phrases I use. Is is this a hell yes experience? Because if it's not, don't do it.
1: Yeah, it's not worth your time. I love that. That is awesome. Phil, we totally appreciate your time today. And listeners, I just rolled out a new program for business owners that are looking to systemize their companies in 90 days or less. This could be in person or remote. If you're feeling overwhelmed and overworked in your business, this program is for you. You can find details at nancygaines.com or send me an email, nancy at nancygaines.com, and we'll have a conversation. And if you love the show, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. It helps other people find us and get valuable information. And Until next time, go out and gain the advantage.
0: You've been listening to The Nancy Gaines Show, where you can gain the advantage. To schedule a VIP strategy day or speed consulting session with Nancy, connect with her on her website, nancygaines.com. That's Nancy, G-A-I-N-E-S, dot com. On Twitter, Nancy L. Gaines. And on LinkedIn, Nancy Gaines. Be sure to check back on Nancy's website for new episodes. Until next time, you've been listening to The Nancy Gaines Show. Go out and gain the advantage.